0: I'm Kari Rowe, and you're listening to the Foreign Saints Podcast, a pulse check for those of us that die daily, a place where we are committed to the spiritual and social vision of Jesus Christ. That would be, firstly, loving God with everything that we've got, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Secondly, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Thirdly, making disciples, right? Bringing people into the kingdom God. Of christ and showing them what it means to be human in a whole new way in service to jesus christ loving their fellow man right <clears throat> it's the first episode of 2024 and we will be getting back to the basics really on this show uh a story of a suffering saint a suffering brother in the faith out of north korea This time, and I've picked this story um, partly, uh, like I said, um, like I've said in all these other episodes before, um, because I feel like there's something instructive in meditating on the stories of our brothers and sisters that suffered, um, that have suffered heavily in the name of Jesus, and because I think there's an emboldening grace to be had in hearing stories of each other, of our brothers and sisters suffering for Christ and yet seeing the faithfulness of God in it, right? I hope that hearing these stories challenges you. Uh, in the case of this particular man's story, I hope it challenges you to root out idols in your life and to commit uh, this year to the renewal of the mind, right? As American culture gets more and more you know, neo-pagan gets more and more, you know, self-centered, pleasure seeking. Um, just gets more and more uh, you know, animosities, you know, towards Jesus. As you gets more and more hateful towards the things of Jesus, towards the light. I hope that this story encourages you to dig deeper into your Bible than you did in twenty twenty three, to dig deeper in the prayer closet than you have in twenty twenty three, to Commit to the community of believers in a way that you haven't, in a way that you maybe hadn't last year, right? <clears throat> so, without further ado, let us get into the story, all right? Um, and I'm going to do something a little bit different with the stories than I've been doing in the last couple of times I've done this, right? I think I'll go halves, halvesies, and halvesies, right? We'll read the first half in the first half. And then after the intermission, we'll finish it out um, in the second half. I think it uh, should make retention a little bit easier, I feel, to digest these stories um, a little more slowly, right? So without further ado, out of the flames. <coughs> On did everything. It's, his name is A-H-N. On, On did everything the North Korean government required of him including nearly sacrificing his life. In the end, though, it still wasn't enough. Born into an upper-class North Korean family, Ahn's devotion to his country and to the Kim dynasty began at an early age. His father was a member of Kim Jong-il's special military unit, an honor that came with both responsibilities and great privileges. My relatives were pretty much all related to security forces or police, said on now in his late 30s. Ever since I was young, my parents taught me to be faithful to the Kim family. While hundreds of thousands died during a famine known as the Arduous March in the mid-1990s, An's family was largely unaffected. When I went outside to the street when I was young, I could see the corpses of the people who died from starvation, he said but because I was in a high-class family, I never starved. With such privileges, An's family revered the Kim family more than the average North Korean, though all citizens were required to worship the country's supreme leader, at least outwardly. As a youth, Ahn was recruited to join the North Korean Army, and after several years of testing and training, he began his compulsory 10-year military service at age 17. He said his first assignment in the elite 6th unit was to protect one of the Kim family's yachts, and after five years of service, he was promoted to a supervisory position. While standing watch one night, the barracks where 10 of his soldiers were sleeping caught on fire. His primary concern was not the safety of the sleeping soldiers however, but the beloved portraits of Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il that hung on the walls. North Koreans are required to display portraits of the Kim family in every office, classroom, and living room. The portraits, which are considered holy, must be cleaned daily in a ritualistic way. Government officials even conduct house checks to ensure that the portraits are handled and displayed properly. In emergency situations, North Koreans have a sacred duty to save these portraits, and people who do are often praised as heroes by state media and rewarded by government officials. If the portraits in the barracks had burned, on said, the incident would have been investigated. And if it had been determined that he could have saved them, he probably would have been sent to a prison camp. He had no choice but to save the portraits from the fire. Badly burned, An spent eight months in the hospital fighting for his life. His hands and head suffered the most severe burns, and today he wears a wig to cover the scars on his scalp. During those eight months, there were countless times when I would have possibly died, he said, I had surgery around 40 times. When I saw how my face looked for the first time, I fell into despair. Two times, I contemplated suicide. Ahn received no government reward for his heroic act because the nation was focused on mourning the recent death of Kim Jong-il. At the time, Ahn said, I thought it was unfair, but now, as I look back, I think it was God's providence." In lieu of a more official reward, Ahn's supervisor gave him a certificate that allowed him to leave the military before completing his required 10 years of service. But three months later, a government official called On, demanding $300 for the certificate. Ahn argued with the man over the phone, telling him that he should have received the $300 as a reward himself instead of having to pay a bribe to a government official. After receiving this phone call, An said, I felt betrayed by the North Korean authorities. It was at that time that I decided to defect from North Korea. In 2014, An and his sister defected to China, where they lived for a year before finding someone to help them move to South Korea. Thinking it would be safer for them to make the move separately, An crossed the border first. But before his sister could leave, Chinese authorities arrested her and returned her to North Korea where she was imprisoned. With no way to help his sister, On focused on getting settled in his new home country. For North Korean defectors, that means spending six months at a resettlement center, undergoing background checks and learning the basics of life in South Korea, a country far different from their own. While at the resettlement center, North Koreans are encouraged to explore different religions. So each week, on attended different worship services mostly he admits for the dried squid they offered attendees but he also attended the services to meet people and eventually after exploring various faiths he attended a christian worship service at first i just went to the church because i was lonely he said but through the serving and love of the christian people then i became curious about the jesus that they believed in as i learned more about jesus then i met jesus As he adjusted to life in South Korea, Ahn said he never wanted to think about his home country again. It had hurt him too much. Then, about four years later, he learned that his sister had been released from prison and died a short time later. Ahn was devastated by the news, but he took comfort from reading scripture and attending church. In 2019, he began attending a 12-week program at his church called North Korea Mission School. I didn't want to think about North Korea, he said, but as I went to this program, I thought, ah, God is making me think about North Korea again. Through the missions program, An visited a shelter in Thailand where North Korean defectors study the Bible for three months and receive various forms of care. He met a woman there whom he later married, and he also found a new direction for his life. After going there, that's when I received the calling from the Lord to go to seminary, An said. Now that's where we're gonna pause the narrative for right now. There are some things in this first half that I want to point out. Right now, hopefully, in hearing his story, um, you know I don't know what's going on in your specific life, oh listener, right? Where your relationship with God is, you know, whether or not you're even a follower of Christ at all, right? But for those that follow Christ. Um, I'm certain that there's certain things in this first half that either drew your attention or maybe the Holy Spirit uh, you know drew your attention to that right Whatever that thing or those things may be I would encourage you to you know seek the Lord for guidance on those things right It's healthy to meditate on these on these things right I'm gonna share some of the things from this story that stuck out to me right? like I said, mostly a meditation on idolatry, but there are some other things. Um, one thing that, you know, one thing I thought that was really um, something that I learned actually was I knew that the I knew that the Kim family had, you know, built themselves up to be these, like, mythical figures um, in the eyes of the people. I didn't realize it went so far as um, you know, mandatory placing Images of themselves everywhere, and having the people not just bow down to them, you know, but clean them daily, and also and requiring, um, requiring the salvation of the image of the painting or image in the event of some disaster like a fire. I mean, that's that's absolutely wild to me. Um, but it made me think of idols and idolatry, right? Um, you know, he, he'll he get into this a little bit in the second half of his story, but he didn't see any of this that he was doing as religious. He didn't see any of this as worship, you know? It was just his life. And I think that's something interesting that idols do. They masquerade as if they're not idols. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like the Kim family is demanding complete devotion, up to and including death out of this, out of this young man. But the young man doesn't see it for what it is. Idols have a way of calling you to give up everything for getting nothing in return. On got nothing for his service. You know what I'm saying? He risked his life in a fire, put himself in the hospital for eight months, and the promised reward that the idolatrous uh, North Korean war machine promised him he didn't get Right, you give your all to the idol and the idol barely if ever gives anything back in Return and it made me think of the words of Jesus when he said all who are weary and heavy laden come to me Right, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is is light <clears throat> right and oftentimes it can be a little confusing to us that don't know what What do you mean by yoke and burden what, what are you talking about there jesus well for a jewish rabbi that yoke is another way of saying teaching right so when he says my yoke is easy he's saying my teachings are easy right think of Paul and Corinthians when he says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers right he's talking about theology he's talking about teaching don't be unequally um you know pairing yourself with unbelievers that don't share the same teachings about Christ about salvation that you do right you're mixing you're mixing good theology with darkness it's not going to work out well And Jesus in the Gospels is saying that his teaching, the teaching of the Gospel that he was bringing to bear on the world, has a light burden. It's not a heavy burden, right? Compare it to the yoke, the teaching, you might say, of this North Korean war machine, right? (laughs) Whose teachings are easier, right? Christ, who says, lay all of your effort down, right admit that you cannot save yourself and trust in me trust in my work on the cross not just to save you but to sanctify you and make you more and more holy as you just keep your eyes on me right and just tell people and just tell people about the gift that you've received versus the nationalism of north korea right And we'll get into some of the, we'll get into the yoke of North Korea more in the next part of this, right? They mimic a lot of Christianity. Um, But it's, you know, the yoke of Christ is easier than nationalism, right? And the same holds true for American nationalism, right? It's easier than that. The yoke of Christ, the teaching of Christ, following the teaching of Christ is easier, Not just easier, but easier and more effective than following the yoke of certain political idols on the left or the right here, right? Christ's yoke is love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Show them the love of God. Show them the love of Christ, right? And if you focus on that, it transforms right if you've got the, if you're working on the spiritual right if you've accepted the spiritual reformation the spiritual salvation of Christ it must impact what you do in society it has to right All right? i'm a i'm a respiratory therapist that, that's my day job right i'm a respiratory therapist in a now level 2 uh trauma center in uh in charlotte um in charlotte north carolina right and for people that know hospitals that should be enough for you to narrow it down without me actually having to say it on the podcast clever clever right but something that i've noticed in you know my critical care and before that um before being a respiratory therapist i was a i was an emt um i was an emt you know and kind of bouncing between days and nights right and if there's something that i have seen um working emergency situations, doing critical care, oftentimes rushing into people's nightmares to bring some kind of comfort and hopefully with these two hands save a life, right? Something I have seen is that so many times simply following the yoke, simply following the teaching of Christ would have prevented so many tragedies that I've had the blessing of being able to be a helping hand in, right? I've responded to domestic abuse situations. I've taken care of, of, uh, of patients that have been treated poorly by family members. I've taken care of patients that have suffered the consequences of their own poor, sinful decisions, whether it be with, um, whether it be with drugs or just doing something stupid on a motorbike or whatever, right? So many times I've thought to myself, man, like, If only you'd had the teaching of Christ, you wouldn't be on my stretcher right now. That's not to say that nothing bad would have ever happened, right? Thoughtless tragedies do happen, but so many of our own pains in life are self-inflicted because we're not following the teaching of Christ, because we're choosing instead to take upon ourselves a heavier burden than the one that God intends for us to carry, right? God does not intend for us to carry the weight of our own sin. He intends to be the one to carry that, right? He does not intend for us to be um, fretting over our, uh, to be fretting and anxious over our character development. He wants us to trust Him and walk humbly, right? Micah 6 8, He has told you, O oh man, what is good. He has told you, O oh man, what is good, right? do justice walk humbly with your god right let me uh let me pull up the let me pull up the verbatim scripture it's uh it is perhaps one of my my wife's favorites and quickly growing into one of my favorites as well but he has shown you this is the niv just kind of quick google here he has shown you O mortal what is good and what does the lord require of you What what is the burden of the Lord? What is his yoke? What is the yoke that he places on his people to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? That's what he wants you to do, right? That's what he wants you to do. That is the will of God for your life, Christian and non-Christian in this year, 2024, right? That's what he wants you to do act justly love mercy walk humbly with god through jesus christ right something else that i found interesting um just a, an interesting uh, parallel i suppose between god and the dictator here god like kim jong like like the kim family god like the kim family wants to preserve that which bears his image but unlike the kim dynasty God says you bear my image, right? Not some not some painting, right? You'll never see God commanding one of his one of his own people to risk their lives to save a to save a cross, to save a cross art piece in a church, right? God values you more, right? God did not die for all the accouterments to Christianity. He died for you. Right? right? He gave up his life for you. <laughs> right? In a sense, Jesus was like this young man, right? But instead of walking into fire to save some worthless painting, Jesus walked through something way worse than fire, way worse than an earthly fire, in order to save you, that which is stamped with his image. Right? And that's the sort of lifestyle that he calls his people to, right? The preservation of life, right? The flourishing of his image bearers, right? And the chief way to do that is let them know the gospel, right? There's all sorts of earthly ways you can flourish, but it's all meaningless if you lose your soul through not having the gospel of grace, through not receiving the forgiveness that God has offered for sins committed through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, right? All human flourishing has to start there. All human flourishing has to be built off that foundation, right? The yoke of Christ is easy because he intends you to have your life built on and out of the generosity of the Father and the Son. Eternal life is this, Jesus said in John 17, 3, that they might know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Right. Something else that I thought was interesting here, Um when on said at the time i thought it was unfair that he didn't get his compensation right but now he looks back he thinks it was god's providence right and something i want to point out here i was going to go to second kings but um, i think i'll go to job instead i think i think i will uh yeah i think we will go to go to job instead this time assuming that i can find job um job chapter 40 Job chapter 40 uh, verse starting in verse 10 This is God answering Job and I think God's this is part of God's answer to Job anyway, but I think that This these short couple of sentences here to Job apply so well sometimes to us sometimes to our idols right because this is what God has to prove to us for us to truthfully lay down our idols right job chapter 40 verses 10 to 14 the lord speaking he said adorn yourself with majesty and dignity it's a challenge right he challenges job out of the world when saying dress for action like a man right all right you want to talk a big game job you want to talk a big game job job let me give you perspective Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity, clothe yourself with glory and splendor, pour out the overflowings of your anger, and look on everyone who is proud and abase him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low, and tread down the wicked where they stand. Verse thirteen hide them all in the dust together, bind their faces in the world below. Verse fourteen, and here's the here's the zinger. Then will I also acknowledge to you that you that your own right hand can save you right we put our faith in a saving way in a providential way sometimes in so many lesser things that aren't god and quite honestly for this year i believe that all of us afresh, need to hear the voice of God thunderously challenging us to say, hey, get your favorite idol out, whether it's your own hard work, whether you think you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever your idol is, get it out and demonstrate it right now. Show me, show me that it has the power of a God. If you want to give this thing your worship, then you demonstrate it, all right? Clothe yourself with majesty and splendor, O idol, right? clothe yourself with majesty and splendor, enact your judgments, and the Almighty will acknowledge that you do have the power to save. But if not, you better bend the knee before Jesus comes and takes that kneecap when he comes and makes his stand upon the earth. You know, we need to hear the voice of God exposing our idols for what they are, right? Right? Because that's what we need or else we're going to be like this young man before he found Christ Wasting away his life wasting away his God-given potential on a pretender on a pretender that doesn't want that has no interest in Giving you any sort of compensation has no interest in your own flourishing, but wants to drain you dry for itself right and then of course (laughs) Man, the call of God to go back to North Korea, or to do any sort of ministry towards North Korea again, right? What a hard call! What a hard call to receive, especially considering his past. But Second Corinthians chapter one verses three to nine is what this uh, is, is. What this brought to my mind. <clears throat> this is what the Apostle Paul writes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies and God of all comfort Remember Micah 6 8 right love mercy who comforts us all in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in Any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, right? Why does God comfort us? Why does God comfort you Christian in all of your affliction? so that When you are with those who are in any affliction, you can share the comfort of God with them, right? God comforts you for his own glory and because he loves you, but thirdly, so that you can be a comfort to other people, right? Who can you be a comfort to this week? Who can you be a comfort to this year? Let that be a question that's asked often in your prayer life if you want to see what God has for you this year, right? verse 5 for we for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings hear that again as we share in Christ's sufferings so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too right the comfort of God increases according to the measure of Christ honoring suffering that is going on in your life am i saying then that you should seek out suffering no what i am saying what i am saying though is that as you walk in faithfulness to Jesus Christ in a sin-stained, light-hating world, you're going to get dinged, you're going to get abused, but God will not leave you in the fire to burn, right? As the song says, there is another in the fire with us, right? If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation, say the apostle, and if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, right? Right? But something that I want you to focus on here, right, is is, uh, is verse 9, right? Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. So often in what we suffer, we feel like we've been condemned to death. We feel like we've been consigned or abandoned to death. That's the sort of mindset that suffering puts us in. But hear what the apostle tells us. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. One of the things that suffering does is it strips away the veneer of all idols in your life. It shows you just how weak and empty those false things of worship are that we turn to. And it causes us to put our hope in the one that we should have been hoping our whole time, God, who can raise the dead. My suffering makes me feel like I'm consigned to the dust of the earth, but God created us from the dust and he can recreate me from the dust. If that's where my suffering takes me, right? We've got more to meditate on, right? But for now we've got an intermission and boy, do we have some announcements? I would stay tuned, right? We got some good stuff to talk about the intermission and then we will be right back with the show. Now, you might uh be surprised to learn that this podcast is actually not in any way sponsored or connected to the voice of the Martyrs magazine. as much as I plug them, I plug resources that I believe to be good and helpful. I don't really need a monetary kickback um to do that. and so um in the spirit of that, I want to announce Friday March eighth two thousand twenty four at eight o'clock p m Eastern time. Mark your calendars. Like I said, Friday, March 8th, 2024, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the Voice of the Martyrs is hosting a virtual event called I Am N. Right? Ten years ago, the self-proclaimed Islamic State, otherwise known as ISIS, began marking Christian homes and churches with the Arabic letter N as its fighters overran parts of Iraq. The symbol N, N for Nazarene, eh, Marked the buildings as belonging to Christians and served as a threat to all believers in the area. Hundreds of thousands of Christians fled the country, but where are those Christians today? And what about those who stayed behind? Right? You'll want to hear about this. I Am In is a virtual event that will include updates on Iraq and first-hand stories from three Christians who faced intense persecution in places dominated by Islam. You'll learn how God sustained and encouraged them through their suffering and how he is still using them today to help advance his kingdom. Join Voice of the Martyrs and everyone else that's going to be looking at this like me for those inspiring testimonies of costly faith and enjoy worship music. Uh, from Stephen Curtis Chapman. And these are the these are the three that are going to be there, I take it. Heather Mercer. In 2001, Heather and others on her ministry team were captured by the Taliban for sharing the gospel in Afghanistan. After being tried for a capital crime, they were miraculously released through prayer and help from the U.S. military. Two, Hassan Abdurahim, I think, In December 2015, Pastor Hassan was arrested on national security charges for providing aid to a persecuted Christian. Though he was sentenced to 12 years in prison in Sudan, he received a presidential pardon and was freed from prison in 2017. And third, John Samara, born in Damascus, Syria. John leads a team that proclaims the gospel in unreached areas of the Middle East and North Africa. He and his team also helped build up and equip local often persecuted christian communities if you're interested like i said friday march 8th 2024 at 8 p.m eastern time you can register your family your friends your church whatever for free at i that is i event.com All right. They'll, I'm just reading off the flyer here. They'll get you set up with a downloadable host guide, customizable promo materials, streaming access to the end of May, which this podcast will be using and abusing for sure, and a free book offer for everyone who attends. I am in virtual event. All right. I am with the Nazarene for sure. Friday, March 8th, 2024, at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Be there or be square. And now, back to the show all right welcome back to the show hope you enjoyed the intermission i am excited for the imn virtual event i am extremely excited for that i am ready to hear what they have to say and you better believe we're going to uh, have an episode or two devoted to breaking down some notes from that. Um, but for now, let us get back to our current meditation, yeah? And so we pick up our story where we left off. In the time he has been away from North Korea, An has reassessed his former life from the perspective of his new life in South Korea and his new life in Christ. In North Korea, he had been taught that Christianity was evil. He remembered seeing a government film that depicted Christian missionaries as criminals who came there to corrupt the people. Missionaries are viewed as American spies who came to Korea under the guise of setting up medical infrastructure, he said. We were told they would actually take the children and take their organs out and sell them. An said he now understands that North Korea's devotion to the Kim family is a religious cult. I didn't think of it as a religion at the time, he said. After attending church in South Korea, however, he saw how the rituals and beliefs taught by the North Korean government attempted to mimic Christianity. Juche, the North Korean philosophy of self-reliance that underlies the nation's government and way of life, states that the Kim family is divine, immortal, and worthy of all prayer, worship, honor, power, and glory. In addition, possibly because of Christianity's strong history in the region prior to the founding of North Korea in 1948, the Juche ideology has even tried to adopt a sort of triune godhead. However, unlike the co-equal trinity of Orthodox Christianity, Juche upholds three separate gods— with Kim Il-Sung as the father, his first wife Kim Jong-Suk in a supporting role in Kim Jong-Il as the son. Since becoming a Christian, Ahn has continued to notice how the Juche cult has borrowed certain practices from the Christian faith. For example, praying in the morning is, a, is common among Christians in South Korea, and something similar is practiced in Juche in north korea we had the same exact thing he said we didn't call it morning prayer but the people get up at 5 a.m and go to the statues of kim il-sung or the mosaic pictures and they wipe them down with a wet rag and bow down to them and while christians commonly gather for bible study on and north koreans gather to study the sayings of the kim family and strive to live according to their teachings in the same way as in church you have the word of god he said We had the word of the Kim family. You write on a notepad, The great leader said. And under that, you have to put how you violated that during the past week. And you have to analyze the reason why you did that mistake. Then you have to write the plan you have for preventing yourself from making the same mistake in the future. As the Bible encourages Christians to confess our sins one to another, North Koreans participate in self-criticism meetings. And as Christians look to the Ten Commandments as God's law, North Koreans follow Juche's Ten Principles. If someone is interested in knowing specifically what it means to be faithful to the Kim family, search the Ten Principles, Ahn said. When someone gets accepted as a Communist Party member, they have to memorize the Ten Principles. I had to memorize those principles. Ahn continues to minister to North Koreans through camps for defectors and in various other ways. Recently, he started a prayer group for students who are second-generation North Korean immigrants. An is also studying theology at a Christian university, while his wife, who recently had a baby, is studying Christian music. My dream is to prepare well here through God's word, and then in the future, when reunification happens, to preach the gospel to the souls in North Korea, An said. Although he tries to stay in touch with his mother and older brother, who still live in North Korea, Ahn learned last year that his mother had been in prison for 10 months for talking on the phone with him. He said that she lost almost 40 pounds from malnutrition while in prison. I was in the military sixth unit, he said, which means I know a lot of secrets about North Korean authorities. Since they can't have revenge on me now, they're having revenge on my family members. An asks that people pray for his ministry work, his continued studies, and his family's safety. And he also requests prayer that more North Koreans will come to know Christ. He wants Christians in the West to remember that God loves the people of North Korea, though they are led by a brutal cultic dictator. You can forget about all of my story if you want, he said, but don't forget the people in North Korea. I want you to remember and pray for the souls in North Korea whom God loves. Ahn estimates that tens of thousands of North Korean Christians are held in prison camps for political prisoners. According to our ways of thinking, they're not able to come out of these camps alive, he said, but maybe God has some way for them to be able to come out of the camps. He said he looks forward to the day when the two Koreas are reunited as one country. Many on both sides of the demilitarized zone, or DMZ for short, long for reunification, especially older Koreans who were separated from loved ones when Kim Il-sung founded North Korea. Ahn said he believes reunification would lead to a flourishing of the gospel, and some of his family members would be among those hearing the good news. Until the North and South again become one nation, however, An and many others will continue to proclaim the gospel to North Koreans. By any means possible. Okay, amen and amen now some things uh i want to mention um from that and man what a what a story man but something i want to mention i mentioned it you know and previously in the other half but again he didn't realize that he didn't realize the religious nature of the juche culture that the kim family has created and cultivated um over the last what three quarters of a century now um idols can do that right idols will ask for you for your all without claiming to all consuming idols will pretend to be less than they really are right like uh like harriet tubman was reported to have said right i freed a thousand slaves but i could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves and that is so much more true on a spiritual level right it's very difficult to offer freedom to a man that believes himself to be free already. The offer of freedom to a man that believes himself to be free already is offensive to that man, right? For you to offer me freedom, aren't you saying that you think I'm a slave, right? And how often do we hear that when we're sharing the gospel with people in our lives, right? I hear what you're saying, chief, but if you're offering me salvation from my sins are you saying that i have sin are you are you calling me a sinner are you saying that i'm unrighteous are you saying that i've got unresolved beef with god i don't like that message so much i don't like that message so much you know but we got but we got to preach that message because it's true it's true you know but it's just interesting right the mimicry of Christianity, to how idols invade and take over and replace, you know? I mean, the Kim family is going out of their way, clearly, to structure this Juche thing after Christianity, right, with, you know, a focus on them, obviously, but that's, that's clearly, that was clearly the goal, and it seems that they've succeeded at that at flying colors. But the truth in there that applies, I would say to all idols is idols have a way of creeping in to your spiritual practice and replacing um, and, and replacing the spiritual disciplines, right right An alcoholic, right a Christian that uh, becomes enslaved to you know alcoholism, right. Their prayer time starts to dwindle, their scripture reading starts to dwindle, and it's replaced with what? The bottle. You know what I'm saying? You start idolizing a person, you start idolizing a relationship, you know, and all of a sudden it's thoughts of that person. It's 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 meditating on that relationship 24-7 on that person 24-7 that overrules and overrides and replaces prayer and meditation on God's word, right? You start idolizing politics, right? You start idolizing a country's war machine. You start idolizing a country's agenda, right? And all of a sudden, the teachings of Christ, the yoke of Christ, no longer looks as light as it is, no longer looks um, the way it did to you before, right? Idols infiltrate, idols replace. That's what they do, which is part of the reason why the Bible warns against idolatry as heavily as it does, because idols never stay in their box, right? And that's always the first uh, argument from an idol is, well, you can just have a little bit of me here in this confined section of your life. Firstly, even if that were true, even if that were true, right? An idol existing in a confined section of your life, unrepentant, is a problem with God, right? But the fact of the matter is it won't be that way, right? Even God told the children of Israel as they were taking the promised land, look, you have to dispossess the people of this land, because if you let them keep it, their idols, their culture, they will be a thorn in your side for the rest of your days, right? It's not going to be a little thing. Right? it's going to lead to the destruction of the nation and it eventually did they got carried away in judgment just like canaan before them right because they didn't fully kick out canaan not really right again let me say it again idols infiltrate idols replace that's what they do Right? And as far as the North Korean idolatrous worship of the Kim family in this juche tradition, it was designed to infiltrate and replace. Absolutely designed to do that. Right? And this is what I gotta say, man. Like, America doesn't have a doesn't have a like an organized governmental uh systemic way of at least at this time, at this point in time of, you know, infiltrating Christianity and replacing it. Right. But there are a lot of elements within American culture that do have that. Right. You've got the trans ideology and the LGBT stuff coming over from uh, the left. You've got the rewriting of even recent history uh, coming from certain elements of the right. You know what I mean? Look at, look at history textbooks down in Florida talking about, Um, you know, slaves uh, learning, (laughs) slaves learning valuable farming skills from their masters and, and such like that, and trying to call what was an insurrection three years ago, not an insurrection. There's all sorts of idols, right? Some of those I named were political, some of those I named are more cultural, others are more sensual. There's all sorts of idols, not to mention just the usual Uh, Temptations that aren't on a national stage that war for your heart and mind on a daily basis, right? There's all sorts of idols out there competing for your attention in the American experience, right? That's just comes with the territory of having a pluralistic uh, Nation Right, it just it just comes with it Right, which is why I would say Romans 12 uh, verses 1 to 2 are so important not just in north korea but but here as well i'm just using north korea you know as the as the springboard to to make this point but romans 12 verses 1 and 2 if you've been a christian for any length of time you've probably heard him before but i appeal to you brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship verse 2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? We need to commit to that. We need to commit to thinking more and more biblically about the world we're in. We need to commit to the yoke of Christ. We need to commit to the teachings of Christ, right? Because their life, their truth, and their burden is light, right? We need to commit to these things because if we don't commit to the teaching of Christ, right, if we don't commit to the teaching of Christ, it is the equivalent of going to sleep at night and not locking the doors to your house, all right? Something nasty is going to infiltrate in the night and change how the household runs. That is going to happen, right? On many occasions Jesus warned his disciples against adopting the leaven the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees right because it's very easy it's very easy to let bad theology in (laughs) and like I said you don't always know that it's there unless you're doing spot checks on yourself right that's why the Kim family wants their people To do that sort of introspection um, you know for them right we don't want the people to we don't want God to be gaining a foothold in the people's hearts because then they might come to the rather obvious conclusion that I am just a mere man making myself to be God right I'm not God making myself a man I am man making myself a God and then the whole system falls apart right the entire system falls apart. And I took the liberty of looking up the 10 principles because I was, you know, I'm interested. And man, what I found was dark. All right. I did a Google search of just, you know, the 10 Principles, you know, 10 principles, North Korea, Juche, whatever. And I came across a couple articles, did some reading, but this one that I'm going to be quoting from, from the Citizens Alliance for North Korean Human Rights. And it is entitled, 10 great principles of the establishment of the unitary ideology system a mouthful but as our you know as the christians said in the story these are just these are the 10 commandments basically of the juche north korea system we're not going to read them all because they're pretty wordy i would say unnecessarily wordy but welcome to government documents right Um, So I'm just going to focus on points three and four, right? And in the text, they're actually not called principles, they're called preambles, but you know, it is what it is. Preamble three, principle three, right? It says, make absolute the authority of the great leader comrade Kim Il-sung. Affirming the absolute nature of the great leader, Comrade Kim Il Sung's authority, is the supreme demand of our revolutionary task and the revolutionary volition of our party and people. Right? And then preamble four. <laughs> this is where it gets. I mean, it gets wild at point one. Like I said, if you are curious, you can Google this on your phone and you and you can read these. Right? But I am like, this is this is rank idolatry. This 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 is wild levels of idolatry. But this is what it says. Preamble 4, accept the great leader comrade Kim Il-sung's revolutionary thought as your belief, and take the great leader's instructions as your creed accepting the great leader comrade kim il sung's thought as one's own belief and taking his instructions as one's creed is the most crucial element requested for one to become an endlessly loyal juche communist warrior it is also a precondition for the victory of our revolutionary struggle and its construction and its construction and they have these little addendums under each, uh, under each of these principles that I guess are kind of add-ons, amendments, uh, you know. And underneath this one, there's quite a few, but one that strikes me is the fifth one, right? 4.5, participate without absence in more than two hours of study groups, lectures, and collective studies devoted to revolutionary ideas of great leader comrade Kim Il-sung. Ensure discipline for these studies and make these studies a habitual part of daily life, at the same time struggling with any contradictions or neglect towards ensuring such studies are always completed. And again, I think that speaks to my point, right? Idols infiltrate. Idols shape the mind. That's what they do, right? And like I said, I don't know what those idols are in your life, right? I can take a stab at some of them, right? Idols at anxiety, idols at just thinking that you're the one that runs your life, right? I I can take a stab, you know, covetousness, right? But you've got to be the one to do the work in your own prayer closet, reading the word, to know what idols you're knowingly bowing down to, but also to be aware, to be more increasingly aware of idols that are trying to creep in through the fireplace at the back door. Right? Because your life now that Jesus has put his flag there, it's even more valuable territory to the kingdom of darkness, right? You you got to guard yourself, man. You got to you got to renew your mind. <clears throat> You've got to focus on that this year. Right? Which is why I make the podcast. It's why I make the content that I do so that I can be just another resource among a growing ocean of Christian content to help you be more faithful, be more committed. As I said in the beginning of this uh, podcast, to be more committed, to be more effective in living out the spiritual and social vision of Jesus Christ. We have a great commission to follow. We have a great commission to live, to achieve, right? Life is not just about my own creature comfort, right? It's not about that, right? It's about building a kingdom, it's about living out of the generosity of the Father and the Son. It's about resting in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Dying a painful death to be the atonement for me. And me resting in that, right? But man, I hope we learn. I really do hope that we learn from this. You know? And I think it's really admirable That he says, you can forget about all of my story if you want. Just don't forget the people in North Korea. I want you to remember and pray for the souls in North Korea whom God loves. Right? I think it should be. I think Christians around the world that suffer. I think the rest of the church really should be. We should be praying for each other. Right? And I don't do a good enough job at that. Right, and neither do you, most likely. Right? But we can commit to we can commit to doing more than we did last year this year. Yeah? At least I certainly hope <laughs> I certainly hope that you'd be willing to to commit to to commit to that. Yeah? Cause this war ain't slowing down and American culture is just getting darker, man. It's just getting darker. We're moving into, I mean, I say moving into, we're already in the heat of battle in an election cycle, man. You are going to have quite a bit of bitterness. If the last few elections are anything to go by, there is going to be a lot of flack uh, that comes out this election cycle. And so I say that this culture needs to see an alternative. All right. You got Trump on the ballot. You got everyone else on the right on the ballot. You got a bunch of uh, guys on the left on the ballot. And in the middle of it all, you've got bitterness and resentment and pride festering in the hearts of the American people, right? Everyone's so focused on trying to, you know, propagate what they believe to be true that we're not even worried about what's most important right? That one day, Jesus Christ will take his stand upon the earth, right? The thing that most of you guys were celebrating just a few weeks ago over the Christmas season, right? Isaiah chapter 9, that unto us a child is born, and the government will be upon his shoulders. In his name, all oppression will cease, Right, The thing that we were celebrating a few weeks ago gets lost and forgotten so soon after the Christmas trees are put back in the box or used for firewood in the next couple of days. We forget it. We forget it. And how dare we forget it. And it's to our shame that we forget it. And it's to our lack of power that we forget it, right? We've got a culture to engage this year. Right? I want us thinking, right? Right? Our little community, right? Whoever it is that listens to this podcast, whoever you are, right? All of you foreign saints, right? Foreigners to this world, weirdos and outsiders to this world, but known to God, set apart for a holy calling. And that holy calling being the right, the gift to preach the mercies. Of the one who called us right we get to do that don't forget that don't let that slip from your mind all right and in all that we do and all that we do is foreign saints right remember remember that your character is your soapbox right we have something that we want to say the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do that we got to stand on something to be heard and that something is our character, that something is the way that we handle ourselves in life. It's the way that we handle money. It's the way that we handle frustration. It's our work ethic on the job. It's the fact that we don't respond annoyed when we are annoyed, right? It's the fact that we dive deeper. We dig under the hood. We don't accept easy answers when it comes to humans we don't accept easy answers when it comes to the work of the soul right we dig deep we dig deep and we use the word of god to test desires to see what's really good that's what we do here that's what we do here and that's what we need to do in this next year if we want to see the increase for the kingdom that the words of christ indicate are there right he tells us in luke but the fields are white for harvest, but the issue is that the workers are few, right? Pray to the Lord of harvest that he sends out laborers into his harvest. I'll be praying. Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me that in this hour in America, the remnant decides to be the remnant and preaches the gospel and says i understand that there's going to be a cost associated with this i understand that this might bring about some suffering that will make me feel consigned over to death but i will resolve to trust the one who can raise the dead i resolve to trust the one who has already raised the dead in jesus as a guarantee of my future resurrection from the dead to come and so in the meantime during game time during game time, just like a basketball player driving into the paint, willing to accept bodily contact to get that foul call. I too am willing to sacrifice body. I too am willing to sacrifice comfort if it means I get the ball of the gospel into the net of men's hearts. All right? If I can get that shot off. I will suffer what I have to and God give me the grace to do so and God give me the grace to do so right man we've got a lot on the docket for this year I plan to this is what I plan to do I plan to finish the verse-by-verse walkthrough of Matthew hopefully by year's end right the gospel of Matthew will be uh, I guess our book of exegesis um, for the year um, at least that's the time that I'm gonna give myself to get through it hopefully I'll be able to get out at least one Bible study in Matthew a week and then some other episode on I don't know something in culture perhaps uh, something in culture perhaps uh, the other episode in the week um, and of course Useful meditations from the persecuted church around the globe. If you want to get these stories right, you should definitely get yourself the free subscription to the Voice of the Martyrs magazine. It is a free subscription. Just Google them, and you should be able to find them uh, easy peasy. Um, This has been Foreign Saints. This has been the Foreign Saints podcast. I am Kari Rowe. I'm signing off. I'm saying peace, but I'm challenging you all, right? Live for the king and kingdom right and above all else right remember his yoke is easy his yoke is easier than whatever your idols are asking of you right his burden is light right let him carry your sins let him be your redemption let him be your power as we go forward into this week into the first week of 2024 right and stay tuned right Because in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, hopefully, God willing, I'll be able to have a friend of mine on after his missions trip to Africa to talk about what God does for the days that they're there. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. All right. Peace. Go serve your king.